You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. All right, everybody, want to welcome to the broadcast. So thankful that you're here. We're going to talk about today uh, a journey that I've been on. And I'm going to be very transparent with you throughout the broadcast today and where I'm at now and what I think is going to happen these next few months and even going into a couple next few years here. Um, I've been on a journey. I'm always seeking truth. And I will tell you that this is what I've come to as a man of God, you know, in the word for many years. This is what I've come to is that a man that knowingly makes a mistake is not a bad man, but it's what he does with that mistake. Does he course correct or does he double down on the mistake? And what I'm seeing right now in our world is there's a lot of folks doubling down on the mistakes. Listen, we've all been on a journey these last couple of years. All of us, no matter where you are in the world, we are in unprecedented times. And I believe if you're a true person of God that is seeking the heart of God, There have been times when you may have been duped a little bit, but you know what? You keep seeking the heart of God and the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Obviously, it wasn't God that duped us. There's a lot of deception out there and we're trying to figure this whole thing out and we're doing it from a biblical worldview. And of course, all of us have in our mind what's going on and thinking about, my goodness, it sure seems like we have stepped into a very late hour where we could be going in the tribulation any moment here. We could get raptured out of here any moment. All, all I believe any remnant person, especially those that listen to this show, listen to me on a regular basis, that are, that are like me, that truly want to do what's right before God. Is that you? Do you want to truly do? I want to truly do what's right before God. And I've been on this journey. And I remember a few years ago when I heard certain prophetic voices say certain things it made me feel good. I said to myself, you know what? Maybe this is what's going to happen. And I was excited. And then some time went by and I started really praying on it. And then I started studying because that's what I do. And I started getting the scripture more and more about certain situations that were very similar like this in history. Now, of course, I knew about them, but I had never been in this season of my life in, in, in the world and everything that's going on. This is the first time we've all gone through this, a pandemic or a quote unquote pandemic, all these evil nefarious plans that are playing out before our eyes, a world that has just gone off the moral abyss. I mean, I can't even find a, a good movie to watch other than the Christian movies that are out there. I mean, the content that's out there is so evil and so wicked and so demonic. Are you, are you experiencing some of these same things? And we look at Disney, we look at some of these companies and the stuff that they're putting out and you just think, my God, things are so dark. How did we get to this place? It sure seems like it's accelerated. Wars, rumors of wars, they're calling good evil and evil good. They're now arguing the fact that kids should be able to be castrated at a young age. How wicked does it have to get for some people to wake up? And yet there's still many that aren't. But I think more than ever, there's definitely a group of people that are hungry. And, and, and that's us. That's this group. We are hungry. We want to do what's right. We want to know what the scripture says. And the Bible says there's nothing new 
under the sun. In other words, it's it's happened. We people have dealt with this type of thing before. And I started studying about when a nation is under judgment. What does it look like? What happens? What what causes a nation to get under judgment? Are we in judgment? Shouldn't we be asking that question? And if we are, is there a path out of it? What does the Bible say? I'm going to say a few quotes here. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, we've grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we've forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand that preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. My God, my God, is that not exactly what's happening right now? But wait a minute, it's happened before because Abraham Lincoln has not been around in our time and yet he's speaking as if he were alive today. What about George Washington? What did he say? He said the uh, propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right, which heaven itself has ordained. Thomas Jefferson said this. He said, I know no safe depository of the ultimate powers of a society, but the people themselves. And if we think them not enlightened enough to exercise their control with a wholesome discretion, the remedy is not to take it from them, but to inform their discretion by education. This is the the true corrective of abuses of constitutional power. Benjamin Franklin said this, he said, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become more corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. Listen, friends, these quotes emphasize the idea that a nation's strength and success are rooted in its adherence to core values, principles, and virtues. The highlight of the importance of maintaining a moral and ethical foundation in order to ensure the well-being and longevity of a nation. We need to return back to God. There can be a million prophets, or quote-unquote prophets, or people that are prophesying everything's going to be great and we don't have to do anything. But when we go to the scripture, it says clearly what a nation must do in order to get restored. Let's go to the scripture for a few minutes here. You know, Jonah... He made a call to Nineveh. What do you mean a call? Well, he said, you know, that God had sent him to deliver a message of impending judgment. Here's what happened, though. The people, from the king to the commoners, repented in response to Jonah's proclamation. And what happened? God's mercy was shown as he spared the city from destruction. John the Baptist had a similar message. You can go to Matthew 3, 1 through 12. And it said this, you know, that John the Baptist preached a message of repentance in preparation for the coming Messiah. He challenged people to change their ways, symbolized by baptism in water, and to bear fruit that demonstrated genuine repentance. Jesus himself made a call to repentance. Where did he do this, Pastor Todd? He did it in Mark 1, 14 through 15. Jesus began his ministry by proclaiming the kingdom of God and calling people to repent and to believe in the gospel message. 
His message emphasized turning away from sin and turning to God. That's Jesus himself. That's the red letters, my friends. What about Peter when he gave the sermon on Pentecost in Acts 2, 36 through 38? Well, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Peter preached to the crowd, declaring that they needed to what? Repent. And what else? Be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. This marked the beginning of the church's mission to call people to repentance and faith. I addressed the situation with baptism recently. As many people say, you can't be saved without being baptized. I feel it's a commandment of the Lord and you should do it. But because of the guy that was on the cross next to Jesus and a few other reasons, I don't think it's going to ultimately stop you from going to heaven if you haven't been baptized, but I think you need to do it. And you know what? Why would we take the risk, right? Be baptized. It's an outward expression of an inward change. I definitely believe in baptism. You know, Paul, he addressed the people of Athens. And he, he urged them to repent because they had appointed a day, uh, God had appointed a day of judge, judgment on them. And he emphasized that God's grace and mercy were extended to all who would turn from their idols and worship the true God. These are just a few examples of instances in the Bible where people were called to repentance, my friends. Each case, it emphasizes the importance of turning away from sinful behaviors and returning to God in humility and obedience. Now, does everybody in the country need to repent? I don't believe so. But I believe the church, the people of God, the body of Christ have to, have to, we've got to call the folks to repentance and we've got to do it ourselves. There's something very special that happened at the Remnant Revival Center here in Gallatin, Tennessee this last Friday. The people came to the altar and they cried out to the Lord and the presence of God was so thick. It was moving in that place. People were weeping and it wasn't about what I said. We just allowed for the Holy Spirit to move. And this is what I believe God wants us to do. He wants us to get out of the way to stop thinking we have some great idea. You know, everybody's got some new doctrine or news. You got to do this and this teaching and this is what's going to. Look at what the scripture says. It's very clear. We've got to repent. Now, I'm going to lay this out in a way where this is the plan. People want to know what's the plan. How do we actually win this thing? Well, God God has outlined a way to actually win this. God, God has outlined a way. And if we adhere to this, this is this, this is the solution. This is it. Are we going to do it? Well, that's the question. I know people are listening to a lot of different voices. They're not all bad. Not everybody's bad out there. But stay tuned. PastorTodd.org. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. So thankful that you're here. 93.3 FM and all around the world on the app, Real Talk Radio and We're talking about repentance. I know it's not like the most exciting subject to talk about, but I'm going to give you some history today. And I just think, you know, if we understand this is the way to save the country, then maybe it'll get a little more exciting to us because otherwise we're going into communism and a warm world global government and the World Economic Forum's very dark and bleak plans for us. But I believe God will give us one more round here, but we've got to do what the scripture says. So I I was studying and just seeing like if there's any times when the U.S. has actually had a national day of repentance or has the government ever declared this. It actually happened um, 
in a way, uh, Abraham Lincoln, he made a proclamation in a national fasting day in uh, 1863. And so uh, there were a few instances in U.S. history where the presidents have called the nation to repent, specifically acknowledging the need for spiritual reflection and seeking divine guidance. And I'm going to give you a few examples. So there was Abraham Lincoln, 1863. In the midst of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln issued a proclamation on March 30th, 1863, designating a national fast day to be observed on April 30th, 1863. And in his proclamation, Lincoln called upon the nation to humble itself before God, confess national sins, and seek his favor and forgiveness. You know, if you think about it, America's had several lives. In other words, there were times like this is this is right out, you know, the Civil War is happening, you know. Uh, it, the nation could have easily been um, fragmented at that time. It was split, but yet we came through it. And there was a leader, Abraham Lincoln, that was somebody that was a man of faith, and he knew that it was important for him as the, as the leader of the nation to call the nation to this fast. This was, this was not something that was, oh my gosh, separation of church and state. Oh my God. No. People understood it was a dire time and there was a solution according to the word of God. Now, if you think about all the different scenarios that could have happened with the Civil War and how the outcome happened where uh, not only the good guys won and, uh, you know, there was the emancipation proclamation that took place but think about it it could have gone bad it could have gone where the south won and and that would have been a whole different scenario just like in world war ii with nazi germany it was it was good that won at that time over evil now we are at a precipice point right now well let's talk about world war ii franklin delano roosevelt he issued a d-day prayer in 1944 this was on june 6th that was D-Day, literally. And, and he, he delivered a national radio address and led the nation in prayer as the Allied forces landed on the beaches of Normandy during World War II. I always remember D-Day because it's the day before my birthday, June 7th. In this prayer, Roosevelt acknowledged the need for divine guidance, strength, and help to achieve the victory and persevere in order to preserve human freedom. This this, this really probably was the reason why we won in D-Day. Now, was there a, a huge loss of life? Yes. But World War II, again, just like the Civil War, could have ended up really bad. We could have lost, and the whole world could be under the Nazi flag right now. Imagine if the Axis would have won. They were powerful. They had, they had advanced technology. I mean, they actually had the jet air, aircraft before we did. If it wasn't for the, the nuclear bomb and what happened in Hiroshima and Nagasaki and, and D-Day and the prayer that Franklin Delano Roosevelt led, which God responded to the prayers. Imagine the unity in a country when, when there's, we know we're at war I mean, it was just a different time. They didn't have the woke mob. Of course, there was people that didn't like Christianity at that time. There was still spiritual warfare and a battle of light versus darkness going on in the world, obviously. There were probably people that thought it was the end of time. You know, the, the last days. I mean, look what was happening. They, they probably thought Hitler was Antichrist. And he was operating in a spirit of Antichrist. But it wasn't time yet. 
And so we've got to think about this, but something significant happened on that June 6, 1944. The president of the country issued a national radio address where he led the nation in prayer. And there wasn't, I mean, I'm sure there was people that opposed to it. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't alive during that time, so I don't know. But I will tell you this, though. He didn't care because he did it. And and the majority of the people joined in on that prayer. Well, you know who else? Uh, And I'm not really a big fan of the Bushes, but George W. Bush did issue a National Day of Prayer and Remembrance in 2001. Well, of course, that was after September 11th and the terrorist attacks. And he issued a proclamation designating September 14th, 2001, a National Day of Prayer and Remembrance. And the proclamation called on the nation to pray for the victims, their families, the rescue workers, seeking comfort, strength, and unity in the face of tragedy. Now, I know there's more to the story of 9-11. I'm not stupid. I know you're not either. But the deal is, though, there is something significant because in 2001, that was nearly what, 24 years ago now, and the nation has, has remained. We've still been the superpower. We've still had God's favor on our economy, on our, uh, we, we're still, you know, the, a very prosperous nation, although now we're in a very dire situation. We're, we're eyeball deep in debt. We've got all of our enemies looking at us as we are in definite decline. Uh, we had a botched withdrawal out there in Afghanistan, which I think was intentional. We just had the situation in Hawaii where we just covered that on uh, the podcast. Very, very troubling and very suspect, a lot of the stuff that has been going on out there. So these are just examples of the nation being called to repentance. Now, I wrote an article, and I'm going to put it up on remnant.news, but it's on my social media pages, at Real Todd Coconado. And I talked about something that I believe... America can do. And I called it the path of salvation for America. Repentance. I'm going to read that to you before we go into the next break. In a world engulfed with chaos and moral decay, the call for a nation's salvation echoes loudly. As a believer who has delved into the depths of Scripture, I've discovered a profound truth that holds the key to America's redemption. It's a single word. Repentance. Through a journey of biblical exploration, I've come to realize the fate of nations hinges on their responses to the call of repentance. I want you to hear this. Facing the reality from Baal to the God of heaven and earth, as I immersed myself in the pages of the Bible, I encountered numerous accounts of nations that turned away from God to worship false idols, particularly Baal. And the haunting parallels between those historical events and the spiritual climate of our nation became very evident to me. It was sobering that America, too, stood at a crossroads facing the temptation of idol worship, materialism, and moral decay. We're we're all up in it. And then I got to the heart of the matter, repentance. In my pursuit of wisdom and guidance, the Bible spoke resoundingly of a solution Repentance, turning away from sin and seeking God's forgiveness is the message that echoed throughout the scripture. I call this the recipe for revival. It's found in 2 Chronicles 7.14. I'm going to get into this a little bit more. I got to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about 2 Chronicles 7.14 and, and, and what the Lord showed me and how we can turn this around. Why aren't the people talking about this? There is a solution, friends. Stay tuned. This is the Todd Coconado Show. PastorTodd.org. We'll be right back. 
All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant. We're so thankful that you're tuned in. You know, we got an app that we're working on. Stay tuned. It's going to be a really good app. And uh, right now, we're just developing that. So uh, stay tuned for all the Remnant Warriors out there. Also, we got remnant.news, which is our website, toddcoconato.com, and pastortodd.org, which is the central hub, pastortodd.org. Also got a new book out. You can go to pastortodbook.com, pastortodbook.com. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you to all the loyal listeners. Of course, we are listener supported. And uh, it's very important. The, the matters that we're talking about, because I don't know many people that are talking about this. It should be the main conversation, if you think about it. Uh, they're trying to shut down the churches again, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, they're they're pushing the COVID. You know, we already know where they're trying to go with this. And we're pushing back ahead of time because we're not going to fall into that same trap. I talked about it with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown on my podcast. You can find that on our Rumble channel under the Todd Coconado Show. We got in a lot of stuff. We got into Maui. We got into the World Economic Forum. We got into the plan of the elites. Uh, Pastor Rodney's not afraid to talk about these things, and neither am I. I think you should check out that show if, you're, if you have the opportunity to do so. So anyway, let's, let's get back to this. Uh, the heart of the matter. In my pursuit of wisdom and guidance, the Bible spoke resoundingly of the solution, which is repentance. Turning away from sin and seeking God's forgiveness is the message echoed throughout Scripture. It's found in Second Chronicles 7.14, which I call the recipe for revival, which, of course, we know it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And let me just say, repentance is not merely a somber acknowledgement of wrongdoing. It's a profound shift of the heart and a turning back to God. It's a plea for restoration, a return to the embrace of the creator and an acknowledgement that our trust has been misplaced in earthly pursuits and flesh in sinful things rather than in God. And, the, you know, he's the creator. He, he's the audience of one that we talk about. So we got to learn from history. Nineveh versus Sodom and Gomorrah. There was two contrasting narratives from scripture. And they stand as a stark reminder of the choices that a nation can make. The story of Nineveh illustrates the power of repentance. When the people of Nineveh headed, uh, heeded Jonah's warning and repented, God's mercy prevailed. Hear this. When the people of Nineveh heeded Jonah's warning and repented, God's mercy prevailed. It spared the city from destruction. On the other hand, the tragedy of Sodom and Gomorrah serves as a cautionary tale of what happens when a nation rejects God's call to repentance. Right now, there is a call that is being issued out for repentance. Does it mean everybody has to repent? Good question. No. It means if my people. Now, the people that are listening to this broadcast, you probably say, well, Todd, I'm doing everything I can. I pray, I fast, I call upon the name of the Lord, I get on my face. What more do you want me to do? We've got to share the message. We've got to live a lifestyle of repentance, but we've also got to share the message with other believers because there's a lot of our, our brethren that are out there listening to this one and that one that are saying, you don't need to do anything. God's just going to swoop in and save the country. Well, that's not the case according to Scripture. The nation has to repent the people of God, the church, the body of Christ. And I think we're getting closer to a place because I've never seen as many people hungry. But this nation is in a dire situation. So there is a, a call to hope. It's a turning point. Amidst the shadows of uncertainty, there's hope for America. 
Our nation can indeed follow in the footsteps of Nineveh and choose the path of repentance. If we as a nation humble ourselves, confess our sins, turn to Jesus Christ, there's a promise of healing and restoration. God's mercy knows no bounds. And his desire is that no one should perish, but all should come to repentance. That's 2 Peter 3, nine. In embracing the call to repentance, America has the potential to become a modern-day Nineveh. Through sincere and genuine repentance, that is. We can avert the fate of destruction and experience the redemption and renewal that only Jesus Christ can bring. I'm calling on believers to intercede on behalf of the nation, fervently praying that America's heart would be softened and that we may witness a revival that transforms lives, communities, and the nation as a whole. The path to salvation for America is not in political strategies or human achievements, but in the foundational act of repentance. It's a clarion call to turn our hearts back to God and seek his forgiveness. And I pray that we as individuals and as a nation heed this call, aligning ourselves with God's divine plan for redemption and embracing the hope of becoming a nation that shines as a beacon of righteousness and grace. Has America ever been at a place where we almost lost the country? Sure, several times. I talked about them a little bit earlier. I believe we're in an extreme multifaceted battle that is increasingly becoming more and more serious as both a nation and a world. And for believers who are standing and fighting this fight, we must also protect ourselves. The enemy wants us beat down and weary. He seeks to accuse and to pressure us. Be wise in what you engage in. Pick and choose your battles. Don't fall into the traps that are set. Get the needed rest. Take care of your body. Physically exercise if possible. Feed your soul by being in the word and in prayer. Do only what you're meant to do. Don't overcommit and spread yourself too thin. Be focused and wise in what you take on. Yet more than anything, listen to the Lord's voice and follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Rest and trust in the Lord and he'll renew your strength, my friend. These things are so important for us to understand. Are we going to do them? Are we going to heed the warning? You know, I've seen a lot of people looking for new knowledge. You know, they want something exotic. They're running to and fro to this conference, to that place, to this place. Let me tell you something. If it's not in the Bible, there's a reason. All we need is what's in God's word. We don't need to search for something exotic and some new knowledge. Jesus Christ is the word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is living. And he's more than enough, my friends. He's more than enough. The Bible provides guidance when a nation must do. How do we turn back to God? What we got to do? Well, there isn't like a step-by-step formula. There's key principles that can be derived from the scripture. We got to acknowledge there's a sin. You know, that's the second Chronicles 714 that I talk about. It begins with acknowledging and admitting the sins as a nation. Now, of course, as a people of God, this is what we got to do. Because he says, if my people, we're not talking about the whole country. People always say, does the whole country, the whole country is not going to repent. But the church needs to, the real church, we've got to stop with all the division in the denominations and all the stuff that, that has kept us apart. Now, I'm not talking about the crazy doctrines that are out there that are false prophets and false teachers and false pastors. Those people are probably going to stay being false unless they have a major come to Jesus moment. Now, I've seen people have a major come to Jesus moment, but I'm talking about the folks, you, 
me. I think there's a big disconnect between the leadership and, and the folks. And when I go around the country, I see the folks hungry. And I see people like, where are the leaders? Where, where are the leaders that are actually doing what the Bible says to do? Why is this like such brain surgery? It's like, really? Like we can't just connect the dots here? We acknowledge we've made a mistake, celebrity, Christianity, all, all, the, all the smoke and mirrors and trying to be like the world and look like the world and, you know, pastors that don't even shepherd and people that don't even know their flock that's in the church. And, you know, I mean, we've got to acknowledge we missed it. We missed it. And then there's the humility that comes. In James 4, 6, it says, but he gives us more grace you know, that's, that's why the scripture says uh, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humility involves recognizing our dependence on God and acknowledging our need for his forgiveness. If you go over on social media, there's so much idolatry, even in the church. I mean, I don't mind that people share, you know, I like what this one said or that one said. I mean, I do that sometimes too, but my gosh, I see people putting some of these leaders and prophets and pastors on pedestals that's like, I mean, you would think that they're more happy about them than they are about God. Oh, my goodness. It's like it's like fans, you know, rock star preachers. Well, I didn't see any rock star preachers in the scripture. I saw people that were persecuted, that were thrown out of regions, that were thrown in jail, but they stood for the truth. We've got to get back to being humble. We've got to seek God's face and Joel. In Joel 2, 12 through 13, it says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for his gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Genuine repentance involves seeking God through the heartfelt prayer and fasting and expressing remorse of the sins that have been committed. I pray leaders start weeping. Churches start going to the altars and praying. They open them up. We're still acting as if it's business as usual. We've got to turn from the wicked ways. Ezekiel 18, 30 through 31. It says, repent. Turn away from your offenses. Then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of the offenses you've committed and get a new heart and new spirit. Repentance requires completely turning away from sinful behaviors and attitudes, resulting in a transformed heart in a transformed spirit. You are not the same. If you're struggling today with something that you've been going through over and over and over again, alcoholism, addiction to methamphetamine, addiction to weed, addiction to sex, gluttony, uh, perversion, pornography, you've been mean-spirited to your spouse, your kids. My friend, look, I'm not here to beat you down. It is not a time to mess around. Like today, can we just personally repent? And I've been really reflecting on my situation. I've been reflecting on things that I've missed the mark on. I've been reflecting, Lord, how did I not have discernment in this situation? I'm just telling you, very transparent. Over the last couple of years, I'm just looking back at some of these things. I'm saying, how did we get caught up in this? Or how did this happen? And all I can say is, look, if, if you don't know, that's one thing. But when you know and you double down instead of making a course correction, that's when you're in real dangerous waters. When the Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, shows you that you've been off and then you choose to ignore the Holy Spirit. See, that's what I feel like we're doing as a country. People know. I mean, look at the sin. It's so pervasive. that What they're doing to these kids 
the junk that they're putting out there on the streaming platforms, on television and movies. Hollywood is in disarray. Look what's happening in Hollywood. You know, we got all these weird things happening. Food processing plants. You know, last couple months going on fire. All, all these, the Chinese are coming in. They're buying up all this farmland, all this property. Why? We got military-aged men that are coming over our border. We are, we are open. We are open for attack, friends. Why are we still here? Because God is giving us a little bit more time. I'm telling you, and there's something about when repentance starts being spoken, if repentance becomes the message of the church, if we understand the situation is dire, but we start to turn from our wicked ways and we seek a sincere change of behavior. What about in Acts 26.20? It says, first to those in Damascus and then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea. And then to the Gentiles, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by deeds. People don't they will say, well, you're not saved by works. Well, true. But right here, the Apostle Paul is speaking very clearly. He's saying repent, turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by deeds. True repentance is evidenced by a change in behavior and lifestyle, reflecting in a commitment to follow God's ways. You want to go deeper in the Lord? Become a person that loves his word, seeks his face on a daily, spends time in the secret place. I mean, these things are so important. Listen, we're going to close up this message today. I know I've kind of been beaten over the drum with repentance for the last couple of weeks, but I'm telling you, it, it's stirring in my spirit because I know it's the key. I know it's the answer. You know what I'm saying? All right, we'll be right back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as the remnant all around the world. Do I think something happened in Hawaii? Absolutely. That's why I talked about it on the show. Do I think they have wicked plans for digital currency and a one world global government and the World Economic Forum? And of course. You know, I was reading an article the other day. It said America's birth rate is in rapid decline. Well, of course. I mean, what happens when you push transgenderism and alternative lifestyles and you get people away from God and you push all this perversion, video games, and violence, and all that. Well, this is exactly this is what they wanted, and and now we're seeing it. And and so it should be no surprise to us. The hour's wicked. The hour's late. But God offers up a solution to every single issue, every single situation. And look, people say, "Well, there's no chance. That, you know, no one's going to repent. None's going to change, and then we're just going to be judged." You know what? If that happens, it happens. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. To live is Christ, to die is gain. But I'm going to sure go out with, you know, fighting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out fighting. I'm going to go out standing. And, and, I, and I believe in the scripture. I had an encounter with God. I know he's real. I've seen him move too many times. I've seen too many miracles. I know that God is willing. I know that he's able. I've seen things that'll blow your mind. I've seen families restored. I've seen marriages restored. I've seen people that were on their deathbed that, that, are, that are living. I've seen people that, I mean, I can just tell you over and over. I mean, we, we know a woman that had a heart transplant years ago. And she was like very discolored because her heart just didn't work. And she got a, a heart from a donor, you know, somebody that had died. And, and she's, she's vibrant. She's living. She's healthy. And, and she's enjoyed many years of this new heart. God gave her a new heart. That's a miracle. 
We, we forget, you know, every day when we wake up, that's a miracle. You know, we look at our daughter, we look at our son. They're a miracle. Our wife, our spouse, our husband, and whatever, you know, I'm so thankful for what God has given me. I have a roof over my head. I have food in my refrigerator. I've got a vehicle. I wake up every day, and, and this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice. The devil wants us to be so angry. He wants us to feel like so defeated. You know, like we're, we got a bad deal. But think of all the blessings. Think of all the blessings in your life. Think of everything that God's ever got you through. So we got to turn from our wicked ways. We got to have a sincere change of behavior. Then there's restoration and reconciliation. In Isaiah uh, 1, 17, it says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherlessness, plead the case of the widow. Repentance involves seeking true justice, not social justice, warrior justice, not woke mob justice. We're talking about God's justice, defending the oppressed, promoting reconciliation within the nation. You know, we, we can't be so combative. We can't be mean-spirited. Yes, they're doing that to us. I get attacked all day long. But the deal is I'm not going to go to their level. I'm not going to go to their level. I'm going to stay above the line because our job is to love. Now, are there times when I lose it? Sure. But I'm just trying to tell you, like, we all got to do better. We all got to seek to be somebody that seeks reconciliation, that, that goes after the prodigals, that goes after the misfits. There's fruit of repentance. In Matthew 3, 8, it says this, produces fruit in keeping with repentance. Repentance is demonstrated through the consistent production of fruit, which signifies a transformed life aligned in God's purposes, his principles. A nation's true repentance involves acknowledging sin, humbling itself before God, seeking the face of the Lord through prayer and fasting, turning away from the wicked ways, demonstrating a sincere change in behavior, promoting reconciliation and restoration, and producing fruit. These are the principles that reflect a genuine desire to return to God and live according to his will. Will it happen? I don't know. But God God has shown me that, look, we, we can run to and fro and listen to what this one says or that one says, and they're not all bad. You know, somebody at the church, they were asking me, Pastor Todd, I hear you so often saying things about the prophetic. Do you not like the prophetic? No, I do like the prophetic. I actually operate in the prophetic. I've been raised under the prophetic. Dr. Hayford was one of my mentors. I mean, you know, at the church on the way, there was a lot of prophetic that would happen. You know, at our church in Chatsworth, California, we had prophetic all the time. I mean, I've always operated in the prophetic. I'm not against the prophetic. I believe the gifts are for today. But it's just like in 2016 and 2020, when we were involved in politics, people said, oh, you're too political. We go to where the battle is, just like every time there's a war, like right now in Ukraine, if you want to get involved in the war, you got to go to the front line. You got to go to where the war is happening. And that's where you engage. So, you know, when the war is in the political arena, because there's a vacuum, then we as believers, we don't say, oh, we don't get political separation of church and state. No, we get in it. During the quote-unquote pandemic when people were being arrested for having church and, and there was all kinds of fines and people were trying to shut down the body of Christ and say, oh, you can't sing. Newsom was like, oh, you can't sing. Really, Newsom? We can't sing? We can't have worship? Well, who are you to tell? You're not, we're not bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to be like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Don't tell me we can't worship the Lord. I'm going to open the window and worship him. 
You know, I know some people in the Bible that did stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about? We're not going to we're not going to stop with the Romans 13 thing only works if the government is righteous. If the government is wicked or tyrannical or making us go against the scripture, then we don't have to we don't have to adhere. We can be like Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego. So so we get, we as Christians, we got to grow some chutzpah. You know, we get, we got to get we got to get in this thing and become a force. You know, when I was in California, we became a force. I mean, there was there was activists there that were believers that would go with their megaphones up to the state capitol, and we'd go up there in the in the droves, and we'd flood that place, and it would scare the folks. Now, we weren't violent. We weren't going to do anything. Okay, it wasn't some insurrection like they try to say. I'm just saying we would go. You know, they try to say homeschool is not going to be allowed in the state of California. Really? Well, mama bears and papa bears galvanized and went up there and said, not on our watch. You know, when they tried to promote some of this evil, wicked agenda in that state, the, the folks, would they would mobilize. There became a, an active force. It was, like a, it was like a special forces that would go up there and stand. And this is what's happening with a lot of my friends out there, even right now, at the school board level and others. Friends, I don't know where this, like, cowardness came on the church where people, you know, thought we couldn't do anything. Since when? Not on our watch. We're the majority. We're going to go outstanding. We're not going to. We're not going to go out without a fight and just bow down to tyranny. But that doesn't mean. See, the key though is is the nation is going to turn because the church. See, culture is downstream of the church, and so when the church looks like looks like a circus, or when the when the when the church isn't doing what the church is meant to do, we're not calling out sin. We're not loving the folks and teaching them the ways of the Word of God. We're not going out and making disciples. We just stay in the four walls and hope that everything's going to be okay and they're not going to bother us. Well, that's not, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to occupy. We're supposed to occupy. Occupy. And, and, and in that occupation of, of, of the righteous remnant, we also call the folks of God to, to back to God. Not to the celebrity Christian pastors, not to the, to the stuff that we've made it about business things and, and just, you know, all the, all the things that, we can't stand about a lot of these mega churches that have so much money and so much resources. And yet there's this remnant. And God has given us the key. He says, here's the message. The message isn't like, oh, sit back and eat the popcorn. The message isn't like, this one's going to fight the battle for us, Donald Trump or somebody else. The message is not, prophet so-and-so said, everything's going to be great and just wait. America's going to rise. There's going to be a whole new era. Well, maybe that'll happen, but after repentance. Because the key to unlock the door to where we want to go as a people of God is repentance. And it's high time we make the message about repentance in our own lives and in the heart of the church and in the nation. It's happened before and it can happen again. And that's why I have hope because I'm going to do what the scripture says. I'm going to go out. I'm going to make disciples. We are active in Gallatin. We are active as a remnant community. We are doing everything that we can. We just talked vision the other day. And for like the remainder of the program here, just a few minutes here, I'm just going to share just a couple of things that we have as part of the vision here at this ministry. You know, we got the online uh, which is amazing. I mean, you know, thousands of people have come to know Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
um, you know, there's a, there's a move of God that's happening at the church and, and, and we have the app that's being in development. We have the radio show. We've got the firepower broadcast that we do every week. Um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of different things here because we believe that God responds to the prayers of the righteous and we're calling upon his name and we ha- we stay and pray at the remnant revival center. Every, every service we stay and pray. We don't bail out on the folks. We stay and we, we, if somebody needs deliverance, they get deliverance. If they need prayer, we got to open the altars. We got to open the churches. We've got to do what the scripture says. We've got to rise up and not grow weary, not back down. They, they want to shut the church down. Don't touch the church. Don't touch God's people. Amen. All right. I love you guys. We'll see you again next week. This is Pastor Todd Coconato, pastortodd.org. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. If you're listening to this, you listen to the podcast version of the broadcast. This is our weekly radio show, but we also post on the podcast on our Facebook and other places. Just want to thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you got something out of this. Repentance is so important. You know, there's people that are literally saying we don't need to repent. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's exactly what we need. So I'm going to be talking about it and I'm not going to stop talking about it. But the thing is, we need your help. We need support. Uh, It's a David versus Goliath battle that we're in. Thank you to all those who are partners. And you can go to pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org, or toddcoconato.com slash give. We love you. We bless you. And we'll be back again soon.